to just no. aren't you glad that I mean, we didn't have I mean can you imagine back in those days I, did we have I, mean, I don't know when barometers and and thermometers and wind vanes and those things were were invented is the wind vanes that the right word Mark? You're I don't think so. I think isn't it a weather vane the weather vane how do you hold on how do you I'm gonna google how do you measure wind <laughs> Welcome to the Cultivating Ministry Podcast, strategies, resources, and conversations equipping leaders to cultivate healthy ministry environments. My name is Chris Lynch, host of the Cultivating Ministry Podcast, and we are um, thrilled to have you along for the ride today. We call it a ride because we never really know where it's going to go, and it usually is a wild ride, but we're glad you're listening wherever you may find yourself now. Hopefully, you'll find our conversation to be helpful and fruitful for you as you lead your ministry. Laura, good afternoon, evening, morning, whatever it is. How are you? I'm doing great. How about you? I great. You know, we're on a we're getting closer and closer to that that fateful week where we record a podcast during the Georgia Tennessee week. We football season is thick upon us. It, it is. Tennessee's looking a little better. Undefeated Georgia team, a one loss Tennessee team. Could be a big game. It could. Here's to hoping. That's right. That's right. Laura, introduce everybody. Introduce everybody. Hey, introduce everybody. Everybody. Everybody who's listening. Tell them who they are and why they're listening to this podcast. Actually, just tell them about yourself. (laughs) Introduce yourself in case we've got some new folks listening today. So they can hear who (laughs) you are. I am Laura McLean. I uh, live in Knoxville, Tennessee. Go Vols, like we've already established. GBO, baby. GBO. Um, And uh, I work with youth and young adult ministry in the Holston Annual Conference of the United Methodist Church. Um, I have two little boys, a first and a second grader. We are coasting into fall break. It is time for fall break. That's right. You're on vacation next week. Where Where are you headed? Yes. We're headed to Disney World. Oh, oh my God. I know you're surprised. So much fun. Laura has become one of the, what do you call yourself? A Disney guy? What is it? I don't know. A Disney planner. Oh, a Disney planner. That's her side hustle. And she needs another side hustle. That's right. That's right. So, for all your Disney needs, not only are we here for all of your (laughs) ministry leadership needs, if you have have Disney needs, by golly, contact Laura. I got you. Um, she'd be more than happy to help you. My name is Chris Lynch. I work with young people in um, the great state of South Carolina. Also do church congregational specialist stuff, which basically means church consultant stuff. Um, we've got Maggie Canty with us. I'm going to let Maggie introduce herself in a minute. But um, <laughs> do you ever get like, like you see something when you're looking at yourself on Zoom and you're honed in on it and you can't stop looking at it? Yes, I am so glad this is not a video podcast <laughs> because I keep seeing, I have this like bump zit on the my temple. Y'all see that? I'm not going to lie. I noticed it. Did you? I know. I'm like, what the heck is that all about? It's like I'm going through puberty again. I don't know what that's all well, about. And the light is just coming right in there. Let me unblur this thing. Does this help? Or At this point, it doesn't matter. I, I have a circus <laughs> going on behind me and y'all would still notice this. Stupid pimple on my freaking God, it's got I can't look at anything but that. It's miserable. Oh man. Uh, so anyway, 
Um, <laughs> there's your random sidebar. With the <laughs> well, the first of the random sidebars, I'm sure. Yeah, right. Know. Yeah. Um, in, in case you haven't listened before, we are, we should read, we probably should rename this podcast, the random podcast. Yeah. Because we talk more about random stuff and probably any other podcast in the history. Of Maybe Bank. we should name it Squirrel. Squirrel. Yeah, that's that's a great idea. The Squirrel <laughs> Podcast. That's really actually good. We should probably do that. Um, we are joined today uh, by one of my colleagues and in South Carolina, Reverend Maggie Canty is with us. Um, we're going to talk about collaborative youth ministry. I'll tell you a little more about what why we're talking with Maggie about that in a minute. But Maggie, to let everyone out there know, Maggie is a special guest, a first time um participant in our crazy world we call the Cultivating Ministry Podcast. Maggie, tell everyone who you are, where you're from, anything you want everybody to know about you. Uh, we'd love to hear it. All right. Um, well, I'm glad to be here. Uh, my name is Maggie Canty, like you said. Um, I have a, first and foremost, two-year-old. We joke, She is the most popular Canty, um, for sure. <laughs> That's a fact. Um, Absolutely. Um, and the cutest for sure. Um, so we've got her. She's two. We've got a Boykin Spaniel who's probably second in line for cutest and most popular. Um, <laughs> and then uh, I work at New Beginnings. I'm an associate pastor of student ministry at New Beginnings UMC. Um, and I also lead a cooperative youth group that we call United Youth now. Um, I was recently ordained as a deacon in the South Carolina Annual Conference of the United Methodist Church, and um, I guess I should also mention my husband, uh, who is also <laughs> clergy um, and also newly ordained, but as an elder. So just a lot of ministry going on. Ma- Maggie. Yeah, congr- congratulations. That's a, yeah, she's a not, lot. She's too. not going through any sort of transition whatsoever yeah. in her world. Yes, this is like Man. the first time that no change should- happened in one year <laughs> yeah we should we should probably do another podcast have maddie maggie on to talk about navigating or navigating change <laughs> navigating. that's a new one sometimes change when I, yeah when i do it it's called navigating navigating <laughs> oh i like it well played yeah. Nag- sometimes change is more nagging than it is navigate easier to nag than it is to navigate so yes absolutely. Um, that's true Maggie's husband has made my day. I was telling Laura and Maggie because um, this will be, I wish Kay was here because if Kay was here, I know she would have loved to have heard that, that Maggie's husband is going to be making uh chicken. We have a meeting tonight. He's one of the, the leaders, of one of our district committees, and he is going to serve chicken bog to everyone. And so I told Laura that she goes, what is chicken bog? <laughs> so if you're from low country, South Carolina, you know what chicken bog is. Kay would have, I would, I would love to, I'm going to, we should have had Kay. We could have had Kay like made her guess. If you could guess what chicken what bog was, what would it yeah. be? It's basically a chicken <laughs> and rice dish that, that my family grew up eating and I love it. I'm so excited. I've never been more excited, excited for a district <laughs> meeting than I am today. Um, <laughs> So, we'll have to report back next week if it was actually any good or not. That's a, remind that's me, right. of, remind yeah. me of that, Laura, and I will tell you okay. it's good because I am. A, I did tell her that I am a critic because um, I grew up on it. It's kind of like <laughs> if if first first my first like my first love when it comes to food is barbecue. My second love is chicken bog. So <laughs> I'm tough to please. <laughs> tough to please. So oh, gosh. we're going to talk about collaborative youth ministry. It's really interesting. So Laura and I. We were in um, Daytona for the uh, what's that event called? Um, Youth, Youth twenty three. It's, it's really it's like it's a hard name. Youth twenty three. It's like yeah, it was it was way out there. Yeah, I can't it's, it's possibly a, a name. Yeah, 
Um, <laughs> during that time, and as we've met with youth workers and, and that kind of stuff in our in our various conferences, one of the things that is becoming more and more apparent is the fact that as churches uh, decline and and folks are not as involved in church as much, that, that churches are faced with a, a challenge uh, when it comes to youth ministry because uh, resources are not available in mo- in a lot of I should say most in a lot of situations for uh, churches to hire um, and to staff the youth ministry position. And so sometimes that looks like and what we found at U23 were lots of places where they are taking youth ministry and combining it with either youth and children's or youth children and families or youth and worship or youth and communications or whatever. And they have this portfolio of positions and Maggie is involved as she said, I don't know if you said the name, but in, in uh, United youth, which is a district youth um, collaborative ministry. I'm going to have her to, she'll describe it much better than me. I'm sure <laughs> that she helped kind of create and, and um, begin in the Spartanburg district in South Carolina and I, I'm really, and it's really funny. So Maggie, the other hat she didn't tell you she wears is she's also kind of the assistant youth coordinator now in, in South Carolina. And so she kind of helps me. With, and we went and met with youth workers across our state in all 12 districts. And it was really interesting, even not knowing that Maggie was already doing this. I think at least three, maybe four districts, there was um, some interest in thinking about how to think about doing something similar to what she's doing. And so mm-hmm. I thought, why don't I have her on the podcast? Let her share this with y'all. Maybe some other folks would find this helpful. Um, so Maggie, tell us a little bit about um, United Youth. Um, what is it? Um, what does it look like? Just in general, just tell us what you want to tell us about United Youth. Yeah. So um, it kind of got started because there were multiple churches that just had a few youth Um and they wanted it to still be a good youth experience. Um, they were having a hard time getting people to to come and serve. Um, you know, it's not as fun for the youth uh, all the time. Sometimes it's great when you just have that that same you know group of two or three. But if you've prepared for five people and nobody shows up, that can be exhausting for the, mm-hmm. the people leading also. Um, and so there was a relationship between St. James UMC and Silver Hill Memorial UMC. Um, they had started a Bible study for fifth graders at a local uh, elementary school where they were switching off where the location was between the churches and they were both kind of contributing financially. Um, and so they were enjoying that so much that when um, St. James got their new pastor, um, who's uh, Reverend Wolf, Andrew Wolf, um, he and uh, Reverend Dr. Sheila Elliott Hodge uh, started talking about how could they bring their communities together more? How could they do more overlap between the two churches? Um, And so they, I think they started with a game night, they said, and they loved it and the youth loved it. And so they started looking at how can we do this with the youth? So let me, let me, let me interrupt there because what people, what you didn't say people might be interested to find out is that St. James and Silver Hill are probably three miles apart. But yep. St. James is predominantly white church. Silver Hill is predominantly African-American church. So mm-hmm. even there's even that was one of the even cooler yeah. things about how this ended up. Right. Now, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no. And they love spending time together yep. and they love spending time together. And so that kind of blossomed into this. And so I think when we joined, when my church um, joined, they had about four or five churches uh, from the area all doing youth together. 
Um, they had a wonderful leader that was, you know, coordinating everything. Um, she had multiple hats as well. So she was doing children, she was doing uh, nonprofit work, and she was doing uh, United Youth. And so um, she stepped down to take on more of the the role at the nonprofit PS I love you. Um, and so they were looking for somebody to to lead and to coordinate. And it was perfect timing with our church. Um, we just had a couple youth after graduations and and other things, and we were looking for more. Um, and so they approached us and uh, we were excited to to take part in it. Um, we meet every Sunday. Uh, we rotate locations. So uh, we do that about every month. So we'll meet some one place, one church for a month, and then the next church for a month, and then the next church for a month. And the first Sunday of the month, the church that is hosting provides the meal if they're able. And then the rest of the Sundays, other churches um, provide the meal. And so it kind of splits up the the workload there of having to bring food and um, that sort of thing. Before I joined with them. I think the volunteers, the the servers were taking turns um, leading the lessons. And I hear that there was a little bit of hesitancy about that, um, whether they didn't feel comfortable in the role or, or you know, just the newness of it. Um, but so now I teach every week, but our adult leaders, um, you know, form relationships with the kids. They help when we have small groups um, throughout the night, they take part in the, uh, the big group discussions that we have. They bring the meals, they play the games, they, you know, go to the performances, all that kind of stuff. Um, so it's kind of one big happy team now. Cool. Yeah. I think it's pretty fascinating. I am absolutely infatuated with it. Yeah. Because it is so rare. Yeah. So I love that it just seems that it came together so organically, which I think is one of the strengths really most likely, you know, it's not like someone at the district office said, Hey, you three churches, you're going to get together and you're going to have a youth group. Um, I love that um, you all, the churches recognized the need and that, you know, and just started getting together and made it work. Yeah. Were there, um, do you know, like in those early days, especially where there are people, because I think of a couple of churches um, that I'm super familiar with that used to do like mission trips, especially together all the time. And um, there would be naysayers who would say, well, we we can't keep doing these things together because all of our kids are going to go to their church or, you know, or whatever. Were there um, people that were there objections to this kind of model? So I have heard from a couple of churches that there was no hesitation. They were all in, um, awesome. but the, the the struggle from the places that I have heard it um, is exactly that. Um, so really it only works if all of the pastors, all of the churches are willing to come together and focus on the benefits of the youth and putting the, the kingdom of God first. Um, but I have heard from um, that there are a couple of people, um, you know, in different churches uh and I that feel that way. And I really think it's a a fear of change. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think I was a little bit frustrated at the beginning um, of when I joined. So I'm sure there was more, sure. you know, before it really started going. Um, but I was kind of frustrated hearing those things. But I do, I've come to a place where I understand them. Um, 
you know, no one likes change. Um, and for a lot of people, this kind of might feel like admitting defeat. Um, sure. They remember yeah. how big their youth groups used to be. Um, they remember, you know, how active the youth were and all the different people who were participating in things. Um, they might even see, you know, the presence of a, their own youth group and their own children's ministry as like a box that they can tick that says, yes, we're successful because we have these things. Um, and so I think that hesitation and that fear and that kind of, I don't know about this comes probably out of that feeling of, are we admitting defeat in this and, and participating in this um, and maybe grieving what used to be. Um, so I think that's kind of where that comes out of. And, you know, it's it's funny because I, I, as you're saying that, and I'm, I'm thinking, wow, imagine that. We're actually more concerned with what's going on in the kingdom of God versus my church. Yeah. And, and I'm reminded so often of this. We, we live in this. I, I don't know. I would love to dig, dig, dig deeper or or dive deeper or whatever into this to, to think about, you know, what is it about church? When when did the church become so dadgum territorial? Right. And, you know, because it's like I, we don't want people infringing on our territory. And I think it's mm-hmm. really a, 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 a um a, a, a it should be a pat on the back for you for those leaders that started this thing, you know, before you even around and those churches to say, look, you know what? We, we've realized that that this is more that that offering an opportunity for these young people to connect and to grow in their faith and to develop as disciples is more important than us feeling like it's ours. Absolutely, um, it is a huge thing, and and it, and I also think it speaks to this. Um, to kind of get a little off subject, we'll jump back, which again, this is no surprise to Laura and I, but this is how we roll, Maggie. But <laughs> the other thing that popped in my mind was this 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 shift this shift that has taken place in the church. What did I you read about from Phil Maynard and some of these other church experts around the shifts that have taken place in church world, the church culture that shift from uh, a, an attractional model of church to a missional model of church. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a fantastic example of that shift because yeah. in the attractional model, it is we're going to offer this program and we're going to kick back and wait. Do you find out how great it is? And then come join us. Right. Whereas and that missional yeah. model says, we're going to go to where the kids are. And mm-hmm. I mean, and, and, and you know, and I can only think, you know, imagine what might've happened or might not have happened in the lives of these young people had they had nobody be willing to say that we're willing to, to move this yeah. thing around, you know, I just think it's a great right. testimony to what can happen when we make, when we are, we're intentional about putting the, uh, uh, getting away from that attractional model towards a missional model. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's kind of how I respond. Anytime I hear um, any, ch- anytime I have the chance to respond um, to any of those people that are grieving and, and showing a little bit of fear, um, you know, saying, what's good for the kingdom of God is good for our church. And what's good for our youth is good for our church. Um, yeah. We have to just stop at our church. Um, and, you know, the goal of the church is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. So maybe it's okay if that happens in the world um, and not just mm-hmm. the doors of the church. Yeah. Um, and, you know, again, I, my, I respond trying to remind those people, how much better it is mentally and socially and spiritually for the youth to get to be a part of this. Um, so if our concerns, like you're saying, Chris, are about the youth, are about the kingdom of God, um, it's okay to be scared. It's okay to grieve. Um, but hold that with the hope and the joy of new creative opportunities of ministry yep. that we're kind of forced into right now. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fantastic for sure. So what has that been the biggest challenge? And if not, what's another 
challenge or hurdle, if that's not the biggest hurdle, what, what's another, or if that is the biggest hurdle, what's another one? If that isn't the biggest hurdle, what has been the biggest hurdle you feel like you've had to overcome? What is this going on? Two, two years now? I think so. So I've, yeah. I've been with them for about um, coming up on a year, but I think it'll be around two years for yep. them in February, maybe. Um, if the story I've heard is correct. Uh, <laughs> I cannot confirm or deny it has been right. two years. Right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. Um, I think the other thing that we're trying to figure out, it hasn't quite been, you know, something bad, um, but trying to figure out financially how it all works together. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's something that we're working through. Um, We haven't had any like huge hiccups with that. Um, But right now we have a United Youth Fund um, at my church. And a lot of that is uh, donated um, from different people kind of outside of the church, actually. Um, So we had a, a, a large donation, luckily, um, that kind of takes care of some of the, well, it doesn't really happen at any of the churches type of things, um, you know, meals when we're on retreats or, or different things like that. Um, some of the game supplies and and things, but then for dinners that the, that the churches provide or activities that the churches do or, um, you know, if a, a church wants to pay for their youth to go on a retreat, um, then that still kind of comes out of the individual local churches budgets mm-hmm. um, or funds. And so right now it's working. Um, I never want to get to the place where, you know, everybody is required to, to give a certain amount to the United Youth uh, Fund. And right. if you don't, then you can't participate. I never want it to be that because um, I don't think it's realistic and I don't think it's grace filled. I don't think um, that it would serve us well, um, but um, it would be great, um, you know, to brainstorm and we talked a little bit about it, but brainstorming, how do we kind of make it a little bit simpler? Um, So right now when we go on retreats, we'll use the youth fund to, um, you know, pay for all the kids to go to their treats. And then we send invoices to the churches and then they either take care of it or they take care of it. So there's extra steps in there um, with different things, but um, so far it's worked out still. And and to be clear, you're paid by New Beginnings, by your home church, right? So, yeah. so they're they're basically funding the staff position, but as far yeah. as the program budget, that's shared among those churches um, that are all involved. Yeah, right, right. right. Yeah. So I do um, work kind of beyond what New Beginnings pays me for, um, and right now that's just for fun because it is. I tell people this all the time, but it's my dream job, um, and I wouldn't trade it or go back now um, for anything. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that fund is is for the the programming and that sort of thing. I think that's the that you know, that's again kudos to to you tell you make sure you tell your your pastor Chris Green to he I to listen to this. I shout him out. I think it says a lot. <laughs> I mean, it says a lot about your church. They're willing to do that because there's uh-huh. lots of places that wouldn't be willing to do that. It's right. it's we're paying you to do ministry at our church, not mm-hmm. community ministry. I think that's just it's so refreshing to me because there's so many churches that would never think about that um, and be willing to do that. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, so tell me what, what's been like the, I mean, you said it's your dream job. So like, what's, tell me, get, tell us a story or two or whatever. I don't care. What's like the, the, the poster child moment. If you, if you had to like the coolest thing that you've witnessed throughout this thing that you would say, this is what makes it all worthwhile. What tell us, what tell us, been, give us some examples of something really cool that's happened that wouldn't normally happen in a normal youth 
uh, youth ministry um, sit, setting? Yeah. So um, there's one girl that started coming um, and three weeks later, she said, you know, I think I found my people. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's two girls that have come um, kind of different ways, um, but both kind of expressed either having had a weird relationship with church and not great relationship with church or still not sure how she feels about church, how she feels about religion in general. Um, but there's multiple people there that have been okay with, you know, hearing that and sitting with them and they still want to come. Um, so even though they have these weird relationships, they're still exploring. They want to be part of it. Um, I know of one youth too, that was, uh, kind of socially anxious, shy. Um, when he, when we first started doing United Youth, he um, didn't really want to sit with um, any of the other kids. Um, but now he's got a group that uh, he meets with all the time and that, you know, socially anxious 15 year old is kind of becoming a, a confident 16 year old. Um, and I've seen a huge change in his personality. Um, and he wouldn't have had that if it was just you know, his church, um, because there were just a few people, um, you know, at his church. And so now he, he has a better chance of meeting people that he's in community with. We have, um, pastors, kids that were the only kids at their church, um, you know, coming for the most part. Um, and now they actually have other kids to talk to. Um, and it's really great just seeing, you know, for those churches that were smaller before, COVID um, now have, you know, enough youth leaders. Um, I used to have to beg, not because they were, you know, people who didn't want to volunteer, but they were tired. Um, they yeah. didn't, they didn't want to serve every single Sunday. Um, and then for, you know, those, like I said, the the kids who are more socially anxious and the, the pastor's kids have a chance of finding community um, outside of just their church, if there are no other youth at their church. And for the youth that there might be one or two, but they don't have a youth program. Um, now they have youth program. And for the the churches that are in between youth pastors, um, mm-hmm. you don't have to lose that consistency um, when you're part of, of something like this. Um, and then they all get diversity. They all get mentors. They all get, you know, living into that idea that love of God and neighbor um, takes us beyond the doors of our church. There's yeah. so much stinking good here. It's so ridiculous. I know. <laughs> anyway, let's just I love it. <laughs> Could you talk a little bit about <clears throat> the the mentors, the adult leaders of the group? Um, I love that, like the idea, you know, you were talking about some people don't want to volunteer every week or that kind of thing, but I also love the idea of young people getting to know the different leaders from the different churches, because those relationships we know are so valuable in the faith formation for young people. Um, So if you could just talk a little bit about those, I would love to hear about that. Yeah, definitely. And I agree. My uh, youth pastor when I was growing up is the reason that I'm in Mm -hmm. youth ministry um, for sure, both, you know, two or three of them. Um, But we have kind of a range between, 20s to grandparents um oh, that's that awesome. volunteer um that come in and and serve and uh they i think there are more than volunteers they are mm-hmm. servants to this ministry because they come every week i don't have to ask there's usually three to six that come um pastors um most of the pastors have come um and participated and and helped lead and 
um, we have elementary school teacher and um, a uh, like vice principal at a school and an mm. aftercare a man that helps run an aftercare program and um, just all of these people who you can tell it's not a burden that they're there. Um, you know, every church might have one or one <laughs> um, or two, um, but by participating this way, we have all of our leaders are kind of that way where they're all passionate about it and not um, not at the place where they kind of have been talked into it or, you know, I'll do it until you find someone else, but they're all very passionate about it. So, it's so along those lines, thing. are you, are you, I mean, what does your role look like in terms of like equipping those leaders and, and, and training, I guess, those leaders, what does that look like? So luckily um, I haven't had to do much recently because, Good. you know, I, while I'm teaching, I can see them, you know, talking to the kids and they know when to let, you know, these two or three that don't have friends just keep talking, um, yeah. but maybe in a different room or um, kind of seeing when something's going on and asking good questions. Um, but I've heard of a model recently that I want to start doing um, where you take a Sunday off every once in a while, not asking volunteers to come, um, you know, extra. Um, right but asking those leaders to come just on a Sunday night when they'd already be coming, but we don't have youth programming um, and then using that time to train and to check in. Um, and so that's something that I'm hoping to start doing this year. Um, we did have a paper plate awards for the the leaders in front of all the youth at the end of the year this year. Um, Cause I wanted to show appreciation to mm-hmm. them, but in a public way also. So mm-hmm. we had paper plates and they all, got up and all the youth were clapping for them. Um, and okay. it, was, it was so fun. I'm dying to know what paper plate award Thomas Brooks got. Oh, what, what, oh Mr. Con- uh, Mr. Congeniality. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Th- yeah. Thomas, Thomas is the, uh, he, he's the assistant principal. He's the, he's the assistant principal at the high school that I actually attended as a, as a youngster. Way back in my day. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and he's fantastic. So that's really cool. So I guess in ways of wrapping up, what do you like what when when you think about the future of this thing, like what do you what's like your dream? I mean, what if you if you could like snap your fingers and do an I dream of genie moment and nod your head and make something happen, what 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 would that look like? Like what would be the or how do you know that that you're that you're succeeding, I guess? I mean that's it's both and sure. yeah. Um so I think both of the answers would be the same is that it kind of translate into transforming the churches and the community as a whole as well. Um, Mm -hmm. We did youth Sunday this year and we didn't do it on a Sunday morning because then none of the church, we would have had to pick one and all the other churches would have missed out. And so instead we did it on a Sunday night um, and invited the seven churches and the parents of the kids that don't go to any of those churches to come. And we had a worship service um, at Silver Hill. Um, and I was cool watching the youth lead the community in worship um, and in connecting. And we shared a meal afterwards. Um, and I kind of saw it as the youth leading the community into looting, lead, uh, living out our call to kind of move past those differences 
and not seeing other churches as competitions, um, but as opportunities for community and for extending our witness of God's love um, together. And so I think both what I want for the group and kind of how we know it's working is when it is, you know, affecting the community, um, when it's going back to the churches and the churches are saying, yeah, like they're doing it together. Can we do it together? Um, So love it. Yeah. It is such a joy to hear you talk about this too. You can just see that this is um, a calling that God has placed in your heart. And I love um, that you have shared that with us today. It, I mean, it's just incredible. I love, and I hope to continue to hear about the great things that God's doing through this ministry, because it really is something outside of the box. But um, I believe that's what what God is calling us to just exactly yeah. these things that you've talked about, you know, that to get out of our own way and it's not about one church or another. And, um, and yeah, so thank you for leading this and for yeah. sharing about it and gosh, just awesome to incredible joy. This is a bright spot in my day for sure. Oh, yeah. Hearing about it. Yeah. So, and I think the cool thing is, and I, I am, I feel like I say this often, maybe I don't, but, I, I just love that people take a freaking risk. Mm, I, guess yeah. so, I mean, it's like I, I, I my, I am in, 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 in church, in, in the church universal, not in any specific church. It, the church has become so afflicted with what I call paralysis of analysis. Mm-hmm. And I think it would have been so easy when they started this to think about all the things that could have possibly gone wrong and how it would not have worked and then done nothing. Yeah, and then and, and I hope this become can be a, a a witness to if you don't fall prey to the process of analysis, the great things that can happen when you actually are willing to take that risk and just not have all the stinking answers and just take a risk and see what happens and just watch God do something cool. That is just awesome. Yeah, so that's mm-hmm. one of the things I would the other thing I would say. So and I'll just want to have these two disclaimers. Um, one is I want you all to know, I don't know a disclaimer. This is just a bragging moment that, <laughs> that, that I had absolutely nothing to do with Maggie being stinking awesome, but Maggie is a product of, of, of South Carolina ministries, young people. Cause when I was first starting this ministry, she was a participant in some of our events in South Carolina. So that's a brag. My disclaimer is she's fantastic. And no, you cannot have her. <laughs> if you're looking to poach youth workers out of South Carolina <laughs> you cannot uh, take Maggie from South Carolina, um, but we're excited. One of the cool things that w- it was funny when you were talking earlier, Maggie, about or, or Laura, you were saying how it happened organically. Mm-hmm. So because we've had a lot of youth workers in our conference asking about this sort of thing mm-hmm. in in uh, the spring of next year, we're planning on doing a, a collaborative youth ministry think tank. And the idea there is going to invite folks who might be thinking about this sort of thing in their in their area, their district, their community, whatever it might be to come together from different churches and let Maggie explain a lot of what she's explained now and then give them time to kind of talk about around a table and think about what it might look like in their context. But it's interesting when you said that, Laura, that's the first thing I thought about was we're talking about trying to figure out how can we make this a quote unquote model, but I also get a little leery of models and and trying to recreate something that happens so organically because I'm not sure it can happen exactly like this, but we're going to give it a try anyway. Yeah. Because I think there's some, some principles there that can can definitely um, help some churches. Uh, and who knows, maybe we can help some of you who are listening. If you, if you have thoughts about that, Maggie, tell folks um, 
how, how can they find anything about United Youth or you, uh, email or no, social media and that, they, they can connect with you and United Youth? Yeah, so we are on Instagram as United Youth Spartanburg, um, and we have a Facebook group called United Youth Spartanburg also. Sweet. Uh, so I can be reached both of those ways, and you can check out all the different things that we've been doing together. So Awesome. Thanks for sharing. That's really cool. So we do this thing every week, Maggie, called the uh, Random Fact of the Week. Oh, boy. And so Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, yeah. If, if, just in case by some random – wait, that's kind of odd. Just just by some random thing, we don't have something random in every podcast. We make sure we do, but we always have yeah. one other <laughs> to hence my chicken bog reference earlier. So this is the chicken bog hmm. moment of the week. Yes. So, so here we go. Um, leeches – how do you guys feel about leeches? I know how Laura feels. Yeah, yeah. Leeches. Yeah. I mean, does anybody feel warm and fuzzy about <laughs> leeches? <laughs> Any pet leeches out there? I'm, I'm concerned <laughs> if they do. Yeah, pet leeches. Yeah. Leeches, oh, were, leeches were used to, to predict the weather. What? I, I, I'm just... Kay's not here to Google it, so I feel yeah. pretty safe. Um, I believe you. This was yep. a common practice during the Victorian era. When was the Victorian era? I have no idea. Oh, that was some cable. years ago. Well, thanks, Laura. It was years ago. <laughs> no. Some years ago. Yeah. Where'd you park, a while back. Where'd you park your squad car, Dick Tracy? <laughs> it was a while. It was, it, was, it was back in the past sometime. Yeah. yeah. So the little thing here says that during the Victorian era, they were used to, to predict the weather. However, further Victorian research, era. Was eighteen thirty seven to nineteen oh one. Well, there you go. That was even before. That was even before my time. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, they were used to predict the weather during the Victorian era. This is my favorite. My favorite thing here. However, further research proved this type of prediction method was not reliable. No way. I, I am no shocked. Way. Yeah, it's like. Imagine just no. aren't you glad? I mean, we didn't have. I mean, can you imagine back in those days? Did we have? I, mean, I don't know. Wind barometers and and thermometers and wind vanes and those things were were invented. Is the wind vanes that the right word? Mark, you're I don't think so. I think isn't it a weather vane? Weather vane. How do you hold on? How do you? I'm going to Google. How do you measure wind? How do you? Oh, hold on. This is not. Maybe good. I'm wrong. You measure wind. Yeah, I'd like to know that too. Like. How is a leech going to oh, be more predictable and, than like walking yeah. outside and being like, it's a little bit chilly today? Yeah. <laughs> right. I you know. I think it's going <laughs> to rain because there's yeah. water falling from the sky. Yeah. In case you're wondering, an anemometer, anemometer is an instrument that measures wind speed. So, oh, which, which well. kind of looks like a which kind of looks like a wind uh, a weather vane with the little cups that blow up figure the oh, speed out. Yeah. So yeah, hmm. yeah. I guess it was kind of those deals because you like. What's that old joke? Like you see in these old country cabins that like there was a piece of, of they're like hair oh. something laying like attached to a nail and it's like weather veins. Like if it's wet, it's rainy. If it's moving, it's yeah. rainy. If it's, yeah. if it's frozen, it's cold. They for <laughs> sure sell those in Gallenberg. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for well, sure. Oh, in absolutely. Yeah. Yes. You can okay. Remember. So, so here's the thing about the leeches. I looked it up. Okay. It, it was called Meriwether's Leech Barometer. It was, a kept, it was the first kept, barometer. 
Yeah, it kept 12 leeches in small bottles inside the device. When they become agitated by an approaching storm, they attempt to climb out of the bottles and trigger a small hammer, which strikes a bell. The likelihood of a storm is indicated by the number of times the bell is struck. I have, I have questions. Okay, now... Don't try to escape until a storm's coming. <laughs> Apparently, they just hang out until there's yeah. a storm. <laughs> they so, okay. They're very chill. So, <laughs> so here's the thing. Kay Googles always have questions when we get into these uh-huh. things. So, <laughs> leeches... I, I, I don't think leeches move fast. They're like snail's pace, right? <laughs> so I first feel of, like <laughs> First off, how big is this container? Because I'm like, I'm thinking by the time they get out of this <laughs> container... And ring the bell. The storm has already passed. Right. And secondly, how big is this hammer that they're having to? <laughs> oh, it's like how also loud is called it? You have to be a tempest here? prognosticator. Tempest. That's what it says. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just Do you have reading. Like sitting right next to the leeches for them to tell you the weather, or can you hear it? It like looks like. House? I mean. <laughs> I don't know what this thing. Yes, no. I think it would. You would have to be close by. This reminds me. I mean, I'm trying to. Are there other animals that you? I mean, I, I can always remember like if the cows are laying down the field. There's a it's storm. It's going to rain. It's going to rain. Yeah. That's a good southern one. Kay probably doesn't know that one. I doubt they do that. Yeah, they probably, probably don't tell the weather by cows. But like, I'm trying to imagine what other animals we could use to predict the weather. Yeah. How did? Yeah. How did they decide that a leech? Would be this is yes. Who discovered gonna, this? Right. <laughs> A great question. Were they a household tool? Like did every yeah. house well, I don't, bells? It seems pretty involved. This picture looks kind of fancy. <laughs> they said they're 12 pint bottles in a circle. In a circle. And beneath a large bell. This is, oh, and on top of the small metal tubes, a piece of whalebone. This of seems course. very involved. What does whalebone do? Everyone's got whalebone at home. Right? Exactly. Just, <laughs> yeah. you know. So, hey, so Maggie. Only, only the rich people knew if it was going to storm, clearly. So, Maggie, maybe for your next uh, youth ministry game, you can create some, what are they called? A, prog- a tempest prognosticator. Tempest prognosticator. <laughs> Get lots of leeches and some whale bones. Right. Yeah. And you two, and a hammer and a bell, and you two can predict the weather. Who needs it sounds, technology? Uh, yeah, that's simple nice. and right. easy. <laughs> yeah. I, I am curious, like, Man. does somebody have a pet leech for real? And they realize that it just got done. Yeah. Right yeah, before that, that, my leech seemed a little antsy. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. Who knows? Well, who anyway, knows? hopefully awesome. I, can, I can't imagine that that last little bit was anything of any help to you in your in your ministry world. But maybe it was. Oh, great. Laura just sent me the. Yeah. Y'all have the link. Prognosticator. Guide. I can't wait. I'm going to dive into this. Maybe yeah. if you're playing Trivial Pursuit or something, that'll come in handy. What'd you, oh, what'd you do Thursday afternoon? I spent an hour and a half reading about it's a deep dive. Prognosticators. <laughs> I went on uh, Etsy and tried to find a whale bone. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm thinking about the whale bones connected to the dolphin bone. The dolphin bones connected to the shark bone. The shark bones connected to the. Anyway, sorry, that's what I did. All right. Anyway, let's wrap this thing up before we make this a three-hour podcast. Thanks for joining us on the Cultivating (laughs) Ministry Podcast. Maggie, big thanks to you. Really um, super cool. We're happy for you. Proud of you. Um, Can't wait to hear 
um, as those dreams of yours come true with with United Youth. Um, if we can help you along those lines or any lines at cultivating at Cultivate Group, um, reach out to us. Our website is cultivategroup.org. That's C-U-L-T-I-V, the number eight, group.org. Uh, check out our website. We offer coaching and consulting for ministry leaders. Uh, you can get your free coaching session. You just go to our website and fill out the information, send it to us. We'll connect with you and see if we can help you as you uh, continue to create a healthy ministry environment. So thanks for listening, as always, to the Cultivating Ministry Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Cultivating Ministry Podcast. Strategies, resources, and conversations equipping leaders to cultivate healthy ministry environments. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to like, rate, and review our show wherever you get your podcasts. We would love to connect with you on social media, so follow Cultivate Group, that's C-U-L-T-I-V, the number eight group, on Instagram and Facebook. And check out our website at cultivategroup.org, that's C-U-L-T-I-V, the number eight group.org. Thanks for listening. See you next time.